Welcome to the Level Up Podcast. Our goal is that by listening to our podcast, you will be inspired to level up. With the help of some amazing guests, we'll be inspired by some inspirational success stories and find out how you can level up your business, your life, and your relationship with yourself. Because I know that by leveling up and balancing these three aspects of your life, you can make a difference and impact the lives around you. Level Up Podcast will be a series of interviews featuring successful professionals who are making a mark and a difference in their lives and others. They will share their incredible stories of how they did it, so you can be inspired and learn from the very best. Let's start up by saying welcome to the podcast, Ms. Imelda Manso. Thank you so much for taking the time today to be with me on this podcast. So we are very excited to have you on today. There's a lot of things that I know about you, but I want our audience to find out who Imelda Manso is. So we're going to start out by asking you if you can please let us know who is Imelda, where's Imelda from, what people need to know about Imelda. Okay, well, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Who's Imelda? I'm your friend, Bertha. I'm your friend, remember? (laughs) I'm from (laughs) Guadalajara, Mexico. I came here when I was eight years old. And I am in the real estate industry. I've been practicing real estate for about 19 years. Oh, my God, I feel so old. (laughs) And I live in Marietta, and I've been out here for about 20 years already. So Wow. Mexico. So you're from Guadalajara, Ojos Tapatios, what they call you guys. And I'm super proud of you. So obviously, like you said, we are friends. I know we met through Narep, which we'll talk a little bit about that later, but I've uh, been in the real estate industry, coming here um, again as an immigrant when you were little. Uh, what are the things that you remember coming here? What were the first challenges you have to, um, again, face and, and how to overcome when you came here? Oh, my God. And I still remember them, Bertha. Beautiful. Well, first of all, I didn't want to come here. I've got to be honest. I was <laughs> super happy. In Guadalajara, but of course, you know, my parents were here, so we came here to reunite with my parents, and it was hard. I, I, I would have to say that probably the, the hardest thing was the language, the culture change, you know, coming to like, oh my God, this is a new country, just everything from the culture and the holidays and Santo Claus, you know, we didn't have Santo Claus, it was Niño Dios. So just <laughs> as a little girl trying to get used to all these holidays that I didn't celebrate over there, like Halloween. I, I was confused with Halloween. I thought Halloween was the other los muertos, but I was like, wait a minute, but why do they have different costumes? Like we only have like the same skeleton face. So just that is what I remember, like being, you know, coming here as a little girl was just trying to adapt to a new culture. I would say that was like probably the most challenging. Biggest challenge. And, and it is interesting because like you said, sometimes you come little like yourself. I came when I was 19 years old. So culture is always going to be shocked coming in and having to get adapted to a new way of living, a new language, and all of that. And I think uh, very important that you touched on traditions, culture that we have to adapt to. Um, And again, you came when you were little, so you were able to kind of adapt early on in life. Mm -hmm. Have that been a major, again, change with you and your family? Have you been able to keep some of those traditions from Mexico with your kids nowadays? Um, you know what? It's the one that we brought back was Dia de los Muertos because I think that we kind of, and I think it happened for a lot of people that we kind of forgot about that tradition. At least that mm-hmm. happened in our family where we just like didn't celebrate it. Um, and it wasn't until like maybe approximately five years ago that we we did it at an ARP event. And it was actually when, yeah. I, when I watched the movie Coco 
couple yes. of that. I started watching that movie and I was sitting there with my friends watching it in the movie theater and seeing all those flowers. ¿Cómo se llaman las simpampulches? Or I can't even... Sempasuches. Seeing all those flowers on the screen, I was like, oh my God, like I, I could smell it. And I'm like, oh my God, I remember this. Oh my God, we used to have like those flowers everywhere. The whole neighborhood had them. The mercado had them everywhere. So we brought that tradition back. Um, my kids were born here, well, except Talia, but, um, but to them, I feel like it's different. So I, I do try to, you know, show them and teach them about the importance of, of those traditions so that hopefully they carry them on. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, what's going to happen when I'm not here? You know, like, se van a olvidar and they're just going to be all Americanized. I'm like, no niños, you got to remember where you come from. You know, just because you're, you were born here, you got to remember where your parents come from. And both me and my husband come from Jalisco. So I just, to me, it's important that we keep our traditions going. So I do work Definitely, I agree with you 100% because obviously, you know, again, there are new traditions that we have embraced as we, again, adapt to this to this country, which is beautiful. I, I am so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful for the opportunities that we, we get to, you know, experience and, and be exposed to. But definitely keeping some of those traditions for our family, I think, and passing them on to our kids is important so they don't forget, like you said. Um, so I think Coco definitely brought a lot of memories for a lot of us, a lot of Hispanics or Mexicans that um, grew up with the Dia de los Muertos tradition and now having that opportunity to to see it and being able to bring it back. I think it's, it's amazing. What other traditions have you been able to pass on to your kids that you remember from, from Mexico, for example? Well, the other Reyes, that's another one, you know, and, and my son Sebastian, he was born right, you know, he was supposed to be born on the other Reyes, but the doctor was late. So he was 15 minutes late. So technically it pushed over to January 7th, but I still tell him you were born on the other Reyes, Sebastian. It was the doctor's fault. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's another tradition, you know, cause like I said, you know, growing up in Mexico and you know, we had Niño Dios, right? That, that's who brought our presents. And um, we opened our presents in the morning. But I remember the other Reyes in, in Michoacán. And I remember going and like all the kids would take out their shoe and go door to door, la casa del padrino, de la madrina, y dejaban un zapato, right? And just seeing that, the excitement that kids would, you know, go take a shoe because that's where somebody would put some kind of a, a little gift or something, right? So that's a tradition that also I started practicing that with our with my kids. A few years ago, we took Sebastian to Michoacan. We're like, we're going to celebrate your birthday there. And I'm going to show you what Dia de Reyes is so you can see how excited the kids are. Like, we're going to do it a little bit different. Instead of you getting the gifts, we're going to do a lot of stockings and we're going to go give give it to the kids we're gonna yes. walk around and give it to the kids so that's something that sebastian like every year he's like mom are we gonna go to michoacan oh, you know, that's so that's another tradition that i hope that it doesn't get lost because it's it's something that i remember from my childhood um so that's another. That, is, that is beautiful and, and you know a lot of times we forget the the gift of giving you know because we always expect to receive and i think giving it's more rewarding and you even feel much better about yourself when you're able to give yeah and that's a that's an amazing experience you were able to give your son and and have the opportunity to take him back to to you know mexico where they actually do celebrate it uh and and they like you said the kids i remember growing up it was like a huge deal for us you know el dia de los you know santo reyes so that's amazing so looking back now uh with the career you did say you've been in the real estate for almost yeah, 19 years um take me a little bit back when you first started with the real estate career because i feel like a lot of us and i'm including myself we started in the real estate career 
we get excited about, we see the potential, we see the opportunities that this could bring us. Um, and sometimes it's something completely different than what we expect. So if you could, again, go back, I know it's been a while, but if you can go back and just kind of tell us what was that like for you? Why did you get into it or what would motivate you to get into it? Okay, well, what motivated me to get into it is I I wanted to buy a house and oh. I was not, you know, obviously I was not in the real estate industry. My background back then was I used to work at Bank of America and believe it or not, I was a caregiver for the elderly. <laughs> and so I was on a mission from a very young age. I was on a mission that I was going to buy a house. I, I had a goal at a very young age that I did not want to become anybody's renter. And okay. so since a very young age, because we had we had a bad landlord and he's the one that actually pushed my buttons to say, <laughs> I grow up, I am not going to pay rent. When I leave this house, I am going to buy and own my house. So I had that mentality at a very young age. So um, fast forward, I, I do all my work. I save the money for my for my house and somebody recommended me to a realtor because I had I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know the process. Well, I had a really bad experience with my realtor. I just felt like my realtor was just thinking of her and her interests. I would tell her, this is what I'm looking for. This is the areas. This is how many bedrooms, blah, blah, blah. And every time she would take me house shopping, it was like the opposite. And I was like, I did not tell you I wanted a condo. I did not tell you I wanted to be by the freeway. I did not tell you. I, anyway, so fast forward, I was just getting so frustrated, so frustrated. And I was like, Oh my God, is there somebody else that could help me in it? And, and everything that she was showing me was like, I felt like I was getting depressed. I'm like, I, I want something that I'm going to be happy with. So somebody told me, why don't you go to Marietta, Temecula? And I'm like, where's that at? Cause I, I was living in Orange County at the time. So I, I came on my own to Marietta and started looking at new construction and I just went on my own and I, I asked the guy, what do I need to do to buy a house? Can I do it on my own or do I need to have a real estate agent? So I, I represented myself in my act, on my first deal. And I just started doing like my own research. What do I need to do? Do I need to, do I do a home inspection? I was, I was scared. I have to admit, cause I was in my twenties when I, my early twenties when I did this, but I, it worked out well. I bought my first house for my parents and it was, it was an experience that I'll never forget. And after I did that, I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if other people that look like me are getting treated like that. You know, I'm like, maybe I should consider, you know, one day becoming a realtor. And like I said, I was working at the bank and I was taking care of the elderly. And a few years later, the elderly people that I used to take care of passed away. And I was like, oh my God, I need, I need to supplement that income. What do I do? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to go get a license. I want to help Latinos. Um, buy their house and I want to be that agent that makes it a, a positive experience I don't want them to go through what I went through because oh I was frustrated so that's kind of what motivated wow. me and how how beautiful so you actually because of your experience you decided to go into the industry yeah I, I think when I have bad experiences I think I discover that that pushes me that's like the fire that <laughs> go do it Imelda somebody tells me I can't do something I'll show you <laughs> I'll show you. That's that's amazing because a lot of times, again, like you said, having that experience, a lot of times we get discouraged. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, forget it. I'm not going to do it. But rather than that, you decided not only to move forward with the purchase, but getting yourself into the industry so you could, again, help others not to go through that experience. So that is great. Um, obviously, you've been helping a lot of homeowners. What are the one or two experiences that you remember that have been the most rewarding 
stories of people that you have been able to help that can pop in right now if you were to think of them? Well, I had one recently. Um, it was a, okay. it was a, a young family, and okay. she has been want she had been wanting to become a homeowner for a long time, and she was ready. She she had like all the criteria: the good credit, the employment history, the the plenty of down payments, reserves, you name it. The perfect buyer. Okay. But every time it, we looked at houses and it was time to write an offer, she would backpedal. Okay, let me go home and think about it. I really got to work the numbers. I just got to call the lender to make sure. I just got this. So I started seeing that she had this fear inside of her that was holding her back. Because she was like, she would fall in love with the house. And I was like, oh my God, we finally found it. And then when it was time to sign here, she was scared. She was scared. So, yeah. So one day I sat down with her and I told her, I go, hey, I go, I go, I don't want to, I don't mean to be very nosy, but I started talking to her about the NARIP 10 principles, excuse me, because I'm a NARIP 10 certified trainer. And mm-hmm. I started talking to her about the importance of building generational wealth, especially her that she has like four, four kids. I go, you know, what are you going to leave for your kids when, when, when you pass? You know, like we, I go, I know these are hard conversations that sometimes we don't like to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. but we, I go, I know there's something that's holding you back. And I, and as your friend, as your realtor, I want you to tell me so that I could better serve you. And she just started tearing. She was just crying and crying. And I was like, oh my God, like say, what did I do? (laughs) So I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. What, what did I say? And she's like, she goes, no, you just hit it right on. She goes, she goes, what's holding me back is, is childhood memories. Yeah. And I was like, what? And she goes, my, and she was married, you know, she goes, my mom was a single mom and she used to struggle like, and it, uh, it gets me emotional because she was like, she used to struggle every month to make that rent payment. And wow. she, she touched me so much. And I was like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but no, no, no. You know what? That's what it shows that you truly care about your clients. And this is again, an example of there are some stories that are going to get to us. Yeah, so that one really got me because she said, like, her mm-hmm. struggle so much, she felt like they were going to end up on the street. And she goes, when I look at my children, I feel like I'm going to do the same thing to them. Wow. And she goes, and I don't want my kids to be on the street. I'd rather pay rent every month. And I'm like, but it's the same thing. You're going to be paying your mortgage every month. It's the same thing. So it took, like, with her, I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to get her to get over that oh, fear, mm-hmm. but I, I would say that's probably been the one that has touched me the most. That's one of them. Um, another one that I had, this was on my, my early years of real estate. It was this um, Hispanic family that walked into the office. I mean, mm-hmm. chaparritos, hispanos, morenitos, and the people that were working the up desk saw them and because of the way they looked and it, and this is like, I was so upset because of the way they look. They came up to me and said, and I was a fairly new agent. They came up to me and said, hey, Melda, there's these buyers that just walked in. But, you you know, our Spanish is not that good. You may want to talk to them. And then they literally told me. But I'm just going to tell you, I don't I don't think they're ready to buy a house. You know, it doesn't look like they're going to qualify. And I was like, okay, I'll talk to them, you know, send them to the conference room. And I remember I was talking to them and I got out my paperwork to like 
fill out their loan application and they're answering all the questions. And then they're like, why are you asking us all these questions? I go, well, didn't you tell me you want to buy a house? You know, this is part of the process. You know, it was fairly new too. This is part of the process. I have to collect your information so that we could um, run your credit and check your information, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we don't want a loan. We're paying cash. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're paying cash. So, and, and they gave me the referral. So I went and told them, I go, hey, you know, they're cash buyers. <laughs> they're cash I buyers love and they're buying a $400,000 house. <laughs> so, See, and then that's amazing because it is true. A lot of times we get judged by the way we look or we get judged just because we look certain ways. So that's a beautiful story. So having having that being said, again, we, we are here to represent our clients. Um, again, I'm in the lending side, you're on the real estate side, but it's so important that we don't judge because what do they said? Never judge a book by the cover. Yes. You never know. You never know. I have been exposed to so many stories, but yeah, I think that's, that's a main one. A lot of people would just, oh, they look this way. They're not going to have the money or they're not going to have the credit, you know, what even wasting your time. But as you did what you did, which is asking the questions, getting to know the client. Sometimes we're, we're having an amazing surprise where they don't even need a credit. They don't even need a loan. They're ready to go with, you know, with their own funds. So that's a beautiful story. And we're so still friends, those clients and I, we're still friends. <laughs> yes, that's beautiful. And that's another thing I wanted to ask you because you've been in the industry for so long. And I know we talked about this once we, we were talking about this, but how important it is in, in our business um, about creating those relationships that will last and keeping in touch with our clients. Can you elaborate on that? How have you been able to do it? And what are the results you're seeing based you know, on keeping those relations for this many years? How that has helped your business? I think that you know what has helped me is just showing them that you really care. You know, Showing them that you really care. They don't care how much you know. They, they want to know how much you care about them. And I think that just being genuine and being authentic, being yourself, and truly putting your client's best interests at heart they'll see it, they'll feel it, you know? And even when they come, like when I get a referral and they don't, and they, they just met me for the first time, I was telling them, follow your gut. Your gut is yes. actually right. Like if you don't feel comfortable with the person you're dealing with, if you don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. with me, then go talk to somebody else. And I always tell my clients, like if ever I do something or you're not happy, you know, let me know because I don't want to work with somebody that's not happy with me. Just like I wouldn't want to work with somebody that's not making me happy either. Right, um, right. And, and then just just building good rapport, you know, keeping in contact with them, um, calling them up once in a while, sending them something, um, doing little Popeyes to talk to them, calling them for ha happy birthday or whatever, just being in contact with them. And, and, and I don't make it just real estate. I mean, we talk about everything. I, I become like their, their, I'm their advocate. I always tell them I advocate for you. You know, I will advocate for you and just showing them that you really care. I think what is, what has truly gotten me to where I am today um, because they know that they can trust me, you know? And we talked about this once too, about your client who actually have you on their living trust because they trust you so much and that they even have your name on it. That's, that's a beautiful story. You want to share that with us? Yeah. So we were talking about living trust and, you know, this client was like, oh, I just want to make sure, you know, I already, I already told my husband that if, if I pass away first, when it's time for him to put this house for sale, we put it in writing that I need to make sure he only hires you as a realtor. So that's why I'm in the trust, not because they're leaving me their money, okay? <laughs> not because of that. They're like, we, I put it on there that if you're still doing real estate, the house will be listed with you. So. 
Hopefully. And again, that, that comes that comes with the trust, that comes with feeling comfortable enough that they want you to be the one handling that when the time comes, right? So that's beautiful and amazing to be able to have that relationship with past clients that they feel so comfortable. They want you to be the only one who handles their, their real estate needs. Right. <laughs> and hopefully it's not at a discounted commission. <laughs> It won't be, it won't be because you deserve to get paid, which is another thing I wanted to talk about. When we talked about in an industry, a lot of times people think it's just about the money. You already obviously proven with those stories that you're here for the best interest of our clients. And you're always thinking what's good for them rather than just we're here for to make a commission. So I think it's important that we that we feel that way and, and we treat every client with with that perspective that we're here to serve them. We're here to provide them a service, educate them. I feel in our community, and again, going back to the Hispanic community, because I feel like you and I work a lot our Hispanic community. Mm. Uh, what is the one thing, and I know, let's talk about NARA, because you're going to you're gonna give me more info on that. Mm. Um, I feel like the most important part in our in our careers nowadays is educating, right. being the source of the information, being the person who can guide them through the process and, and make them aware of what's available for them and what are their options in terms of what they should be doing, whether they're looking to buy now or six months from now and a year from now. Um, talk about NAREP. What exactly, why did you get involved with NAREP? Let's start from there. Okay. Well, I got involved with NAREP back in like 2007 to be exact. And why I got involved was because as a fairly new realtor in the business, I felt like I was by on my own and at the office where I was working out of, there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. I think I was like the only one and I felt like homeless and I was like, Oh my God, there has to be some kind of an organization that um, caters to the Hispanic community. So I just started doing research on, on the computer. I'm like, let me see if I find something Mexican association of, of, real estate agents, brokers. Anyway, so that's kind of how NARIT popped up. And I read the mission mm -hmm. statement and I was like, oh my God, this 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 is it. This is what I want to do. I, I believe in that. Like I want to help more people get into home ownership. So that's kind of what started. And then years later, fast forward, I was one of the founding directors that started the Temecula Valley chapter. But the reason why I got involved is their mission and everything that they do for the Hispanic community you know, not it's not just about advancing Hispanic home ownership, sustainable Hispanic home ownership, but also, you know, advocating for public policy on anything that has to do with immigration, um, housing, equal access to credit, and you know, the Hispanic Wealth Project, which is all about helping our Latino community triple their wealth. And we're on a mission to help triple the medium household wealth by the year 2024. And we do that by following the the 10 disciplines or the NAREP 10. Which okay. what I live by, which everybody should be living by those disciplines. Um, I'd be happy to share some with you today if you like. Absolutely. Why don't we do that? Share those 10 because I heard them before and I think our audience uh, will benefit by hearing them and know what NARA stands for. And again, NARA means what? It's the for the ones who don't know what NARA is. It's the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. There we go. So now where are the 10 NARA? Well, the first one is, you know, um, and it would take me forever to break down each one, but if you want me to go over all of them. Well, we'll just, just go through them and, and we can always, once we're done, we're going to make sure you put your info here. People can reach out to you and get more involved with them because I feel there is so much there that we all should be involved with and we all should learn more about and, and get involved. Yes. Okay. Well, principle number one is to have a mature understanding of wealth and prosperity. Why? Because the one with the most toys usually loses. 
right? <laughs> and I think we saw that, especially in 2008, where people, especially in the real estate industry, that they were doing really good, making money left and right, but they were buying all the stuff, the cars, the Louis Vuitton, the Rolex watch, the, the boats. And then when the market crashed, all that they stuff lost. didn't go value, right? They lost everything. So have a mature understanding of wealth and prosperity. Number two is be in the top 10 of your profession because nowadays being good is just not good enough. It's so important <laughs> that whatever type of job you have, it doesn't matter if you're in real estate, if you're in loans, if you're if you wash cars, whatever you do, be in the top 10 because we already know that 80% of all the work is done by 20% of the people. And Nara broke that 20% into 10% to ensure that Latinos are always in the top 10. So we need to continue to educate ourselves to self-development. You need to invest in yourself and do whatever it is that you do with passion to be in the top 10 of your profession. Number three is live below your means and be ready for the next recession because the downturns are regular cycles, right, of our, of our economy. And we're already seeing that right now right yes we're in it right now exactly right? so we're living it so this one's like so important right now because it applies like you need to save for a rainy day you need to live below your means you don't need to be spending money you don't need i always tell like people when you go shopping you need to be able to tell the difference between a want and a need sometimes mm -hmm. we we just go by and it's stuff that we don't need so you yes. need to learn to live below your means and save for a rainy day like we're experiencing right now Number four is minimize debt okay. because it's the biggest enemy to your wealth, right? And sometimes, especially the young people, I experience it myself. I'm, I'm one of those <laughs> that I learned the hard way. We've been there. We've right? been there. We got too comfortable and the, the credit card looks so good and we just kept on swiping that. And again, our audience, I'm sure, can relate this, you know, to that as well. Right. It's like we use credit cards. We want to buy everything with credit cards. And the thing with credit cards, you don't feel it because you're just signing, you know, and you notice that when you have the cash on hand, it, 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 you feel the pain when you're getting rid of the 20s and the hundreds. It's like you feel it. But with the credit card, you don't. So it's so easy to just, ah, I'm going to send the minimum payment. Ah, but you're paying the minimum payment and your your interest rates on some of these cards or personal loans are like ridiculously high in the 20s sometimes. I've seen as high as the 30s. Yes. Right. So. When are you going to pay that balance off? You're never going to pay that if you're paying the minimum payment. So we need to tell people like minimize debt, get yourself on a budget. You need to have a budget. You need to have some kind of a system to keep yourself accountable and stay within a budget so that you could save and, and watch your, your pennies, right? Absolutely. Number five is invest at least 20% of your income in real estate and stocks because they're like safest vehicles, right? Um, that you could use and statistics show that over the long run, you're, you're going to have security. You're going to build equity in your home. So investing is super important, at least 20%. And then in retirement, I want to say retirement, you know, I was reading a book the other day where it shows that study shows that Latinos are the ones that have the least participation when it comes to retirement accounts. We need to change that guys. We, we need we to do. save for retirement. I mean, as it is, America, like the majority of people don't save for retirement, but Latinos are like way at the bottom. We need to change that. We need to invest in 401ks if your employer offers it or put money in the IRA, but you need to save for retirement. Number six is know the net worth of your business, your, like including the value of your business. So, so know your personal net worth, including right. your business, right? Because if you're not 
measuring it, you can't improve it, right? So you can't improve what you don't measure. So so knowing your net worth, and when I ask my friends, sometimes I'll just randomly ask them, what's your net worth right now? Like if you were to pass away right now, like what's your net worth? They're like, what are you talking about? We need to know those numbers, right? Especially if you're a mom, you have kids, you need to know your net worth. What are you going to leave your children when you pass? What's your legacy going to be if you have grandchildren? So we need to know that and we need to be checking that every year so that we could improve it every year. Number seven, a lot of people don't like it's, but it's important that we are, that we become politically savvy because public policy matters. So being involved, I'm not saying go out there and get involved in politics, but understanding how public policy works. What's going on? Understanding who is your mayor, who is your president, right? Who's the vice president? You know, we hear Latinos, especially when it comes to presidential elections, uh, oh, they complain that they don't like the president that won. <laughs> but then you ask them, well, what did you do? Did you go out and vote? No. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have the right to complain, is what I tell them. You have no right, right? So we need to learn how to use our voice and understand that these are public servants that work for us. They're in yes. office because we vote them in and we have the power to vote them out. But only if we take action and participate. If we don't yes. use our voting rights that we have, then you're doing nothing. That's and I'm fun. super happy that this year, like we see more Latinos, you know, sitting in these offices, yes. which yes. It, we need representation, right? Yes, we do. We need to participate or else somebody else is going to, we're going to be on the table and they're going to do whatever they want with this. You know, no, we need to sit at the table and voice our opinion and speak up. Yes. And you said it. We don't know what we don't know. And if we don't get involved, we can't complain. That's what I would say. Yes. So I'm excited because in March I'll be in Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. And I'll be attending the Capitol Hill. (laughs) Number eight is be physically fit. Because wealth, you could be doing all these disciplines. You could have all the money. You could be doing everything. But if you have a lot of wealth and you don't have health, it's meaningless, right? So wealth without health is meaningless. So take care of your health. Even if it's a 30-minute jog, you you know I love to run. I even have a a running club if anybody wants to join. Um, (laughs) Watching what we put in our in our bodies, right? Because almost un templo, we need to feed it the right thing. You know, if you eat junk, then you're going to become junk. But if you yes. give it good stuff, you're going to become good stuff. We have to take care of what we put in our body, nor your cholesterol levels, your sugar levels. And Latinos, we have the diabetes. We have all this problem. Yes. For la dieta que comemos. Like we yes. need to, I'm our, not food, our food is amazing, but unfortunately, it's not the healthiest. Right. So we need to watch our diet. So thank you for bringing that up. That's a, that's super important one. Yes. And here comes the tamales for the candelaria. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. It's like, I'll eat it, but it's like, first I got to go run it off. And I got right. to I'm going to run it off, and then I'll come back and eat it. <laughs> yeah. Just watch how you just can't have that many. Because, you know, I think as Mexicans or Latinos, you know, la mejor dieta que tenemos es la vitamina T. Tacos, tamales, tortas, tostadas, tortitas. Everything with a tea. Everything with a tea. Y tequila, right? That's yeah, my favorite. But it's like, we need to watch that vitamin T diet. We can't eat so much. Mm-hmm. And number nine, I really love it. It touches my heart a lot. And that's just, you know, being generous with people that are less fortunate because philanthropy feeds your spirit and gives more purpose yes. to your work. And, and, and earlier you said, you know, that feeling that you get when you give, you know, it's like, I, I have a better feeling when I give than when I receive, you know, I just like, yes. to give, you know, I'm like that too. I always feel like it's more rewarding. You make, it makes me feel better 
to give than receive. I appreciate what I get, but obviously I love when I'm able to give. So. Yes. And, and the best thing is that, you know, I, I do believe in, you know, the law of attraction, you know, I, I oh, you know, whatever you want to call it, your superpower. But I do believe that when you give, like, las bendiciones se te regresan, se te multiplican, you know, like you get it in triple, you know? So, so that one is really important for me. And, you know, and you're very involved. Let's 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 stay in there for a little bit because I know personally you are very very involved, and I think I've got involved because of you with those kids. And you know, less fortunate in Tijuana for the last few years, we adopted kids, we adopted families. But you are a true example, and you really really live by by example, uh, taking care of and, and giving back to our less fortunate. So thank you yeah. for being an example and for getting me involved and, and be able to participate with you. So thank you. Yeah. And you know that my, well, my daughter, this, the whole thing started because my daughter, you know, that I said that was not born here. She was born in Tijuana that I adopted. And that's kind of what started the whole thing. When I went and visited that first orphanage, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm seeing. It was just heartbreaking to see all these little kids raise their hand when they saw me walk in. Mommy, mommy, mommy. And I was like, I want to take all of them home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of what started it. And every year, you know, I'm glad. And I thank you and, and Lisa and Meli and everybody that participates every year to help me um, put these presents together and, and make yeah. it smile, you know, during the holidays. So yeah. we need to do that. I think this year we're going to, we might take it to Guadalajara this year. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to keep growing that and we're going to take it to another level. Yeah. That's, that's our goal for this year. We already uh, talked about it. So we're definitely going to take that. So if any of our audience want to get involved with something like this, reach out to us and we're definitely putting something bigger together this coming Christmas. So yes, we'll definitely uh, pass that information on to them if they're interested. So what's number 10? And our last one is to be active in the lives of your family and children, right? Aww. Nothing is going to motivate you more than being around your loved ones. You know, if you don't have your family, you could be doing all the disciplines. But if you neglect your family, you neglect your parents, you neglect your grandparents, and you're not spending time with them, telling them that you love them. I mean, they're the ones that are truly el motor, right? That keeps us yes. going. So being active in, in their lives is really important, especially with kids. Los niños crecen rápido. And sometimes we get too busy working, 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 working. Like, hey, what about the kids? What, you know, we have to be conscious of that and, and be active yeah. in their lives. So thank uh, you like for sharing those. Those are amazing. And and going, tackling along with that time, they um, said that is the most we can always make more money. We can always go on another trip, but we can never you know, recuperate that time that we don't either spend with our with our families or we don't invest it wisely because we'll never get this day again. So we better again take it serious and, and enjoy every moment, every day, every time we get a chance to be with our loved ones. So yeah. Thank you for sharing. Those were amazing. And you said something early on that I want to go back to and it comes to uh investing in yourself. So you said we need to uh believe that we deserve and we're worth of investing in ourselves. And again, going back to our Hispanic community, a lot of times we always think about go to school and that's it. But something that you and I have been exposed to is coaching and always investing, attending events, always learning and, and you know, and, and improving ourselves. So um, where were the three or what are the two mentors or coaches that you had that had impact your life in, in a positive way? Or where are you with, with the coaching or with the investing in yourself? Well, I've invested, I, I would say a lot for me, NARIP has been like, um, like my continuing education. I have learned 
so much by being involved with NARIP, um, you know, learning leadership skills, you know, when they asked me to be president, I was like, me, president? Like, I don't know if I'm the right candidate. Um, but, you know, even when they asked me to become one of their NAC regionals, you know, because I'm very involved in public policy, I, I I doubted myself. And I was like, are you sure you call the right number? You know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not into government affairs. It's it's somebody else. And um, but they have helped me so much. They have groomed me so much. They continue to push me to go to higher levels. So I'm just really thankful. So to me, honestly, NAREP has been very instrumental in in the success of my career. And I feel like I'm not done with them. You know, I'm still involved doing the Hispanic World Project. For anybody that's interested, I'd be happy to come and talk about the NAREP 10 disciplines at your office or home or whatever, because I think it's really important because um, we need to grow ourselves but we also need to help others grow and lift others up so that's i'm a big believer that we need to we're like the most important asset we need to invest in ourselves and our education continue reading books learning languages dancing you know don't let age define you and tell you oh i'm too old to do this you know i'm too you know i'm 50 years old and i'm still running marathons i'm still dancing i'm you know i read books like i mean no me paran si yo quiero hacer algo it's like no i'm gonna do it I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let somebody tell me or criticize me. I don't care. Like if I want to do it and I, it's in my heart that I, that I want to do it, I will, I will do it. So I think we should all have that mentality and, and um, make our, or maybe, or maybe work on that because a lot of times, again, we get so discouraged, but you know, life gets in the way kids work and we, and we tend to forget about ourselves. So something that I've been doing uh, and I'll share this with you as well is that I've been taking more time for me meaning you know taking care of the morning routine taking care of that food that we put in our in our bodies exercising and taking care of yourself because again i've just again learned that if you can't take care of you how can you take care of your loved ones yes yes you have to take care of yourself or else you won't and life will always happen you know especially in us latino families life will always happen um but we have to take care of us so you have to have some kind of a routine whether it's getting up like me sometimes i get up super early i go for a run but i come back and i'm like Oh my God, I feel so better now. Like just feels so good. Feels so good. Yes, yes, we have to. Thank you. Well, again, going back, I think you and I share the same idea. We need to take care of us so we can take care of, of our loved ones and the people around us. And they said that by you changing, you already are impacting 10 people around you. So if we can all get into that, even if they're minor changes that we can start making in our routines and our eating habits or in our exercises, I think we can definitely make a bigger impact in those around us. So thank you. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, again, one more thing that I wanted to bring up with you. Uh, do you have any regrets um, in your careers or anything that you wish you would have done that you didn't or anything that you could think back and said, oh, if I would have known, I would have not done this way. Uh, well, no, I just, I wish I would have started real estate sooner because <laughs> I really enjoy this career, but no, um, I think just, I, I think sometimes regrets that I have is sometimes letting other people's opinion get in the way of me making a decision. And I think I, I've gotten really good at it that now is like, it was hard for me to accept that everybody you know there's a lot of people that have a hard time accepting that you're always going to have people that are going to lift you that are going to push you and then there's going to be the haters and to me that's been hard to accept i've never liked having haters or or gente que hable mal de ti because then then those things sometimes because you let them affect you stop you from growing because sometimes you want to be 
people pleaser. You want to keep everybody happy. Oh, I, I can't mm-hmm. show that I'm going to do this because this person's going to get mad or they're going to think I'm crazy or this and that. And now it's like, no, like we have to like just be brave and have grit and say, I'm going to do it. Y al que le guste, que le guste. Al que no le guste, que no vea. You ha- we have to have that mentality. And sometimes I think that's hard and maybe more for women or for us Latinas, but I think that's one of my regrets that in the past, I could honestly tell you that because I wanted to please everybody, I would prevent myself from doing stuff, but I'm not saying I'm not, and I'm not, no. I'm not an introvert, even though I tell everybody I'm an introvert. No, I'm an extrovert. I'm a social butterfly. I like being out there, I like being different. And, you know, so I think that people should just, just be free. Like, no dejes que, la, que la, lo que diga la gente lo que opine te afecte. And sometimes it's in your own household. Sometimes it's somebody in your own household that stops you from from growing. And you can't, you know, it's your life. You got to live your life. And we got to remember that we only live our life one time. So you got to, you got to, like you said earlier, you know, people regret not spending time with people or whatever. I read a book called, um, and it's really good if you want to read it. It's called The Regret of the Dying. And right there, you know, the number one thing that people regretted is time and time's not refundable, right? They're non-refundable minutes, non-refundable hours, months, years. El tiempo pasa. I recently read somewhere that the average person is going to live, is it 390 months? The average person lives. And it sounds like so little, right? And I was like, wait a minute, we only live, no, 960. The average person lives 960 months. And when I read 960, it sounded like too little for me. I go, there must too be little. a mistake here. But no, 960 months is 80 years. And I'm like, oh my God. So I did my math. How many, how many months have I lived and what do I have left? Right? No, seriously. And I was like, oh my God, I've already lived, I've already used 600 of those months. I only have 360 months left. So you got to think of that and say, oh, my God, I better take advantage. That's 360 yes. months is very little. So if I want to go to Paris, I got to make sure I put that on my book. And, you know, and I have like my little bucket list where I write all yes. my stuff. I go, I better I better get on it because I'm 50. And before you know it, I'll be 60, 70. And I hope I get to live longer than 80 years. Yes, old. yes. But like you said, reading and keeping ourselves, you know, in in um, in that mentality of growing and and learning new things, it's amazing. So, and reading books, reading books are definitely gonna keep us uh, learning and keep us checked. So you just brought something to me that I'm gonna definitely pick up that book and read it. Um, any other books that you would like to share with us that had helped you or had opened up your eyes to something that you had um, again have a change in in your life because of those books? Books that you like to recommend. What are the three books that you think will be the best books that you can give someone? Oh my God, I have a, I have a. I, I know you're, you're a book reader, so I know that I'm asking too much, but let's let's make it three. What are the three most important books that you have read? Okay, well, an easy one to read that opens your eyes a lot is Los Secretos de la Mente Millonaria. This one's a good mm-hmm. one too. Um, there's one called The Power of Me which um, is really good too. So, I mean, I have a lot more, but those just came up to my mind. Those three three are great. Thank you for sharing those. And again, one of the things I also wanted to ask you, what are you the most proud of? What are the things that you've done that you're like, Imelda, you are amazing. You did this. Uh, what are the, what is that one thing or two things that you have accomplished that you feel so proud about yourself that you like to share with, with our uh, people today? Oh my God. Um, there's a lot of things, but I would say, you know, um, 
personal things that I've done is like running my first marathon with um, no sleep the night before because I went salsa dancing and I, I came home at five o'clock in the morning. I still don't know how I ran that marathon. That was my first marathon. True story. I trained so hard for it. And my crazy friends that didn't run convinced me to go dancing with them the night before, which I was not supposed to do, but I did. And I did not want to put my team down because we, we, we have trained so hard and I was like, okay, I got, mm -hmm. I gotta, I gotta figure out a way mentally to prepare myself that I'm going to be running 26.2 miles. And I had no sleep. I was dancing and I had mm -hmm. alcohol, <laughs> not that much. Okay. But I would say that's, um, cause I, I, and the reason why I say I'm proud of that is because that's when I truly started believing that our mind is so powerful. And it was just me telling myself as I was running, you could do this. You're going to make it. You're going to, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You could do this. You got this. So I would say that's been a, a big thing that um, I'll never forget. And, and it has pushed me to continue running. And um, I would say that's one of my biggest accomplishments personal, for personal you. accomplishments. And of course, going out on my own because I was a realtor and um, I, Somebody told me that I that it was really hard to get my broker's license, that I was not going to pass the test and I was not going to do it. So I would say that's the other one. And I started working out of my garage and somebody tried to put me down and say, oh, my God, who wants to go work for a broker that operates out of her garage? You know, she's going to she's not going to stay in business that long. And so that's been another one personal moment that I'm like, oh, let me show you different that I'm going to be a business and I'm going to do it even if I start working from a garage. So I would say that's my second one. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Those are great accomplishments. And again, I'm sure more than one person will be motivated in knowing that it can be done. You are a true example of leadership or, you know, somebody that is not afraid to go out and do things. Um, again, I've known you for a while, so I know that you're super outgoing and you're always there to help. So thank you for being a great example of leadership with our community. Um, as a last thought, what is the one thing you like to... Um, Share with us as a last thought, what is the one thing you like people to know about Imelda that maybe I haven't asked you that you'd like them to know? I would just say a last thought to close this out is just to tell people to believe in themselves and that where there is a will, there is a way, right? Mm -hmm. That everything has solutions. If you ever have a problem, there's always a way to solve the problem, to um, to keep going um, and to believe in yourself and, and whatever you're dreams you have or goals you have, you know, put them in writing to hold yourself accountable and that the competition is always with yourself and nobody else yes. set your own. Um, everybody has different goals. So don't let somebody else's big goals intimidate yours because maybe yours are smaller. I like to go step by step, but I, I like to get there. Even if I, you know, um, put your goals in writing and see them every day and stick to it. And you could do it, you know, si se puede, si se puede. That should be the message today. I honestly gonna make sure that we put it on there. Si se puede. We can make it happen. Great to have you on, Imelda. It was an amazing interview. You have shared so many great pieces that I know I'm going to cherish and I'm going to hold and I'm going to utilize some of them, apply some of those principles. So thank you again for your time. I know you're an amazing, busy woman and you took the time to be with us. So thank you. See you around. And go have an amazing day. And like you said, believe in yourself. We can definitely take that with us today. Believing in yourself. Share those, See you share those disciplines. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Thank you so much, Amanda. Have an amazing rest of your day, okay? Bye-bye. You All right, bye.
Thank you for listening to the Level Up Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, you can leave a five-star review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, we hope you level up.